This is pretty interesting indeed. Let me ask you a question before I roll this video right here that's entitled, A Cut in Milwaukee Police Budget Could Slash Hundreds of Jobs. We're talking about 400 police officers losing their jobs. So my question is, when you think about law enforcement, when you think about the policing profession, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? What is your reaction? I mean, are they a benevolent organization who's ardently championing the cause of individual liberties and making sure that they take great pains to obey and comply with and carry out their oath of office to make sure that you're secure in your person's houses, papers and effects, that your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, that you have the right to freedom of speech and freedom of press. Is that what you think of the police? Or do you think in terms of, yeah, it's like a regular mafia organization that comes and they'll break your kneecaps if you do something wrong. They're engaged in road piracy and civil asset forfeiture, and they just want to take from you and they want to ruin your life. And they want to fill the prison industrial complex because some people look at it like, yeah, it's benevolent. The reason we have them, it's for safety. It's to keep the bad guys away. On the other side of the spectrum, you have people go, what do you mean? Keep the bad guys away. They are the bad guys. They're worse than regular street criminals, some people would say, because they do engage in road road piracy. They do have a monopoly on force, power, coercion, and control. So when I roll a video like this, it's amazing that people look at it from a completely different perspective, a different mindset, a different attitude. When I tell you that 400 cops are gonna lose your jobs, most their jobs, most of my audience will go, good. Good, now we can foster self-determination in the community. Now we can get community members to be talking among themselves uh, to you know, formulate a plan for security issues and security safety nets that they don't have to rely on the police for. I am totally for a safe community, but I don't think increasing police presence fosters an increase in safety in those communities. However, if you stop telling other people or stop, it's the childhood mentality of somebody else will take care of it. Oh, we have a problem. Mommy and daddy will take care of it. Oh, we have a problem. The government will take care of it. If we have a problem or we want to curtail a problem that may happen in the future, then we've got to take care of it. We have to find it within ourselves to have self-determination and self-discipline and a way to organize the community in such a way that it's a safe environment for our children to grow up in. You don't need police for that. As a matter of fact, your children will be less safe in the opinion of some if we have more police. So let's listen to this and I want to give some commentary on it, but this is super, super interesting. Julia Fellow now showing us how we got to this position. She is outside District 6, which is potentially Julia on the chopping block. Yep, right here, right behind me. So many people going in. I talked to some people about that, which you'll hear very shortly. But this is how we got here. We have about $156 million budget gap that we have to figure out. So this committee wanted to ask Milwaukee police, what would it look like if they cut 25% of their budget or about $70 million? Cutting Milwaukee police by a quarter might include slimming down the force by 400 positions, dissolve the traffic safety unit to curb reckless driving, no overnight officer at District 4 on the south side, and District 6 would be gone altogether. Did you notice how they framed that? They framed it as traffic safety. Well, tr- the, the term traffic 
And the way traffic police operate is as road pirates to collect revenue that makes up for any gaps that they might have in our, in their budget fire department. How do they get their money through voluntary means? They're out there with the boot, you know, once or twice a year, you know, to, to take voluntary donations. That's not how cops operate. They dip into the coffers of taxation. Taxation is theft. Taxation by the barrel of a gun is extortion. So they're actually funded this security force, this police security force that does have a monopoly on force violence, coercion, and basically evil is funded through the extortion practices known as taxation. I know people are looking at this and probably saying, oh, this is just this not going to happen. This is never happen. This is never going to happen. Hate, hate to disappoint you. This is a 50-50. In general, though, I feel like a lot of these cuts are so unreal, unfortunately. Milwaukee's assistant police chief, Nicole Waldner, agrees. It's heart-wrenching, right? Molly King. It's, of course it's heart-wrenching for this police chief. She's going to lose $70 million. It's heart-wrenching. She might lose 400 employees. She's going to lose control, the control that she has over the city. Let me just ask you, are police chiefs on your side? No, they're on the, sides of the side of the politicians. They call them law enforcement. Most laws are written against you because they, they perform two vital functions for the politicians. That's they take away more of your money and they take away more of your rights and who enforces that who puts the teeth on the laws of the politicians that that's backed by the threat of force the law enforcers so if you eliminate 25 percent of a law enforcement cartel if you eliminate 400 people from your city then you take away 400 and the eyes of some 400 bad guys off the street let me ask you, last time you had an interaction with a police officer, was it positive or was it negative? I mean, overall, was it positive or negative? Be honest. I've had positive encounters with police officers, but most of them are negative. And when they're negative, they can go bad real, real quick. A lot of people who engage in, you know, some kind of interaction with law enforcement, they don't live to tell the story. Daniel Shaver, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, James Boyd, Johnny Wheatcroft. Johnny Wheatcroft lived, but he had to spend 60 days in jail. He had to be abused in front of his wife and screaming children who were beside themselves going, why are all these armed agents attacking my dad for no reason when we're just sitting in a motel parking lot? What's going on with this? Right. Molly King, the fiscal policy director for the mayor's office, was there to listen in on this stress test. Is that realistic that District 6 could close? Nothing's off the table. Nothing is off the table. No department, no, no programs, not, not off the table at all. Let me ask, let me ask, um, you know, all you guys that are doing this, these audits in New York, would you guys be saddened to find out that precinct 74 or 75 or precinct 78 closed? Would you be, would you be, uh, you know, heartbroken about that? It would save the city money and it would remove a criminal element off the streets. We spoke to people who were Oh no, cutting the, cutting the law enforcement arm off and they, they'll, they'll, they won't be able to extort us as much. They won't be able to trample on our rights as effectively or as efficiently. I on district six. I think we need more police than we have right now because this is way too much. You know, people are afraid. This is a bad idea because we need more safety. We need, we need more safety. So in the minds of a lot of people, if you eliminate the police, you eliminate the safety blanket. You eliminate the security. And then basically you've become a welcome mat to all the criminals. Really? Then if you really believe that, why don't you harden yourself? 
Why don't you get to know your neighbors? Why don't you organize your community? Why don't you send the message to the, to the would-be criminals that might want to invade your area? Hey, you come into this restaurant, you come into this bank, you come into this post office, you come into this community and you try to start trouble. Take note from Coeur Idaho. Remember that? Antifa and BLM said they, they were going to come through and they were going to protest in the streets. And back in the 2020s, uh, we know what that meant. We know that meant throwing bricks through windows, extracting ATMs from walls, flipping cars over, burning tires in the street, and causing general mayhem and threatening people. Well, the people of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho said, you know what? An armed society is a polite society. We're going to keep the BLM and Antifa nice and polite-like. And guess what? Not many BLM and Antifa showed up, and they were very, very cordial. They crossed their T's, and they dotted their I's when they walked through Coeur d'Alene. No law enforcement necessary. That's how you do it. If you want examples, there are practical examples that you can tune into on any, pretty much any social media site. Just type it in. How will we ever protect ourselves without the police? Without the police, how could we have safe communities? Police presence here. Too many wild accidents, Kia boys, people getting killed on the street every day. We need the police presence to at least deter some of it. What would that do to your traffic safety unit? So the traffic safety unit would have to be eliminated. Essentially, we would need their squads and the personnel in the districts to take calls for service. Traffic safety unit, not traffic racketeering, not road piracy, traffic safety unit. Okay. Says safety on our roads has been a priority to the mayor's office, like Vision Zero, to prevent traffic deaths. But with police being one of the most expensive items on our city budget, something may have to give. Don't you understand? We can't have safe streets. We can't have, uh, you know, evenly flowing, consistently flowing, organized traffic flows and traffic patterns without the police. It's going to be a whole lot more safe with police when police are out there wrecking and ruining people on the public highways, getting into police chases they don't have to get into, making bad decisions, getting behind the wheel of, of a patrol car drunk, speeding, uh, look, looking at their little computer system or texting while they're rear-ending people. Happens all the time. We're at the loom of falling off a cliff. Our, our financial situation is dire. And so we need to make tremendous and extreme cuts to sustain our budget. Otherwise Sounds like somebody's misappropriating tax money is what it sounds like. And the committee also did a stress test asking the Milwaukee Fire Department and also Milwaukee Public Libraries to see what it would look like if they did cuts up to 25% as well. Ultimately, this comes down to the mayor. He signs off finally on the city budget, which will likely happen sometime in November. So I wanted to bring this to you. Leave your thoughts about this. Is it better to cut 25 or 50% of the police force? Would it, would it be a net positive for the community? If you think it would be a net negative, tell me why. If you think it would be a net positive, tell me why. Leave your comments in the comment section below. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel. Hit the bell notification icon. Give it a thumbs up. Share it with everybody you know. If you want to support this channel, grab a hard-hitting conversation starting design that you can get from the store. You can put it on a shirt, hoodie, mug, cell phone case, whatever you want. I will see you in the next video.